This week's episode is sponsored by Boost. In today's world, students have to keep up with more. More assignments, more demands, more to remember. That's why schools love Boost. It's an outcomes-driven notification app that connects securely to Canvas to give students due date reminders, personalized nudges, and positive feedback straight to their phones. Boost is proven to help students earn higher grades and pass more classes. Best of all, it's completely free and requires no training for teachers or staff. Visit www.boost.education to learn more. Welcome to the Ed Surge Podcast, where every week we look at the future of learning. I am Jeff Young, the managing editor here at Ed Surge. What was it like to be on a college campus this past fall? The semester started in what one student described as a sense of limbo. At most colleges and universities, classes and activities were back in person. But the pandemic was clearly not over, with the Delta variant of the COVID-19 virus surging. We actually did an episode in September about that strange moment of starting the semester, what that was like. Now that the semester is behind us, we wanted to know how it went. And we wanted to do that through the voices of college students. So I connected with students on five campuses around the country as they were finishing up their final exams and about to head off for the holidays. I asked them all to tell me a story of a moment that epitomized this unusual time, being on a campus nearly two years into this global pandemic. I started by talking with Audrey Mullen, a senior at Boston College. She's an economics major with a minor in international studies. And actually, a few years ago, she was an intern here at EdSurge. And since she's a senior now, she has seen what campus is like before COVID, during the height of the pandemic, and then in whatever it is that we're in now. But I feel like what was an embodiment of this semester was that we would get like we would get randomly called to get asymptomatic tested once a week, right? Or, or, or randomly. And they'd say it wouldn't be once a week, it'd be whatever, but you get it all the time. And if you missed it for one week, then you would get called again the next week. And if you missed it the second week, they would lock you out of your Canvas. Canvas, just to make clear, is the learning management system used by the college and many others. It's the key digital portal needed for pretty much all coursework. So an embodiment of the semester would be like, you'd be like, oh man, like I forgot to get tested this week. And then you would forget to go that first Monday and then you wouldn't be able to access any of your assignments because you just didn't put yourself in a position to like literally do the bare minimum of COVID pre prevention. Um, and then you would just be like out of, out of Canvas for the day until you got tested. That gets your attention as a student, I take it. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would forget that you needed because at the beginning we were all, we're all a fully vaccinated campus. Um... I want to say in like March or, or not March, sorry, October, like the middle months, our COVID rates were super, super, super low. Um, I think they like lower than the rest of the city. So like not that many people were testing positive. So it was like the extra incentive to go get tested was less there, like intrinsically for a lot of the students. Um, you just forget because you're just gets caught up in the life. The testing center is like far apart of campus. And then you just wait, like try to access your reading that night and be unable to because you just didn't go get tested that day. And then you would just be in a frantic panic uh, trying to do your assignments, but you couldn't because it was COVID. So it sounds like that actually did happen to you or you didn't get tested. So you were locked out of Canvas. What is it that you needed and how fast could you resolve that? Like what happened? You just could resolve Like 
it was one of those things that you just need your reading that night and you were just like what was the syllabus like I don't remember so you would have to like reach out to a, stu- uh, a classmate um and then you could just get tested the next day and they would unlock it by like they do it in waves so like if you got tested first thing in the morning at like 11 a.m they'd release it if you did the middle of the day like 4 p.m they would release it and it was like this ongoing wave but that was definitely i know something that a lot of people had to deal with and then they've changed the rules since then that not only do you get locked out of canvas like you could get on university probation if you miss them enough time because so many people were just for like not doing it and getting tested is probably not that like, what does it involve? Like, paint the picture. Like, what is it like when you have to go do it? You have to, so you get an email that assigns what day you have to go, uh, or what days they give you, like, a block, and you go, it's at our gym, which is all the way across campus, um, and you have to wait in line, and then you just get tested, and then you leave. So sometimes it's, like, a four-minute operation quick. Other times the line is, like, out into the parking lot surrounding, and it takes, like, an hour. So it really just depends on, like, when you go of how that experience goes for you, because there's definitely been times where, like, you could wait an hour, an hour and a half. Oh, well. So, so backing up, like, how would you describe the kind of mood about COVID protocols? I know, like, you know, nationwide, there's just this exhaustion, but on, in, among people you interact with, like, what, how would you describe the, the kind of mood toward the whole? I would say it's, it's one of those things that, like, all my friends were really on board with the COVID protocols at the beginning. We were like, okay, I get it. Like, this is my civic duty. Like, this is my responsibility. But now it's to the extent that if, if we had to regress, like, I don't think that would go over well with specifically my generation. Like, we've if we had to regress, like, back to those super stringent lockdowns that were at the beginning, like, that I know would be kind of disastrous in terms of mental health, physical health, like, all the things. Just because I'm sure you've gotten this from other students. Like, we've missed so much social so many milestones so many different specifically gen z that is that it's hard to conceptualize that happening again it's hard to even conceptualize that it did happen or i just think about it i'm like wow like i spent my 20th birthday with my mom like in lot like in san jose california (laughs) i'm like you know versus and you're an outgoing person that was not the way you imagined (laughs) i'm like what is this we spent so many 21st birthdays of like going to a restaurant with like four friends and like somebody orders a drink and we're like yay (laughs) um and i think that this year like the mood is so much improved like when everybody talks about last year like at bc and this is definitely not the case for schools that still have like those strict lockdowns and like not allowing social events but like the mood is so radically shifted in terms of like we just feel like last year was a lost year um and like social like being involved in bc and like having some skin in the game in your education um and now this year it's coming back as a senior it's like now we're leading all the clubs now we're doing like we're in all of our classes that are specific to our majors like now we're able to maximize the experience and i think it makes you appreciate it more well because you know like it could have been taken away from you or it can be at any moment but it also makes you a little bit like mourn the loss of like what could have been if you had a normal four years it was clear that for audrey there is no longer a fear of COVID as far as the health impacts of getting it, if there ever really was. The worry is logistical. It's if you get test positive, you get sent. We just recently bought a school called Pine Manor um, that we like, we like bought whatever a couple years ago because they went out of business in COVID and we were going to make it like a community college type thing. But now it's like a COVID dorm. So if you have COVID, you get sent to Pine Manor. Um but Pine Manor doesn't really have any amenities at all. It's just like a barren dorm room that has been used in two years. 
Um, so my friends have gone there and they say it's spooky because you're there for whatever, 10 days or whatever your COVID symptoms started. So you're there for your 10 days and it is, you're just kicking rocks. Basically you can't go outside. Like you were just stuck in your two person dorm and it doesn't have like bed padding at all. So it's just like a barren bed and you have to remember to bring all this stuff, but they don't really tell you what you need to bring. Like when you, so basically like you test positive and then they'll call you and be like, you tested positive, like come here. And you have whatever, 20 minutes to pack up your life for the next 10 days. So the, the, the COVID e- equals getting locked out of your tech systems, or if you do get it, getting sent to an abandoned school building. Yes. Yeah. It makes you not want COVID for an extra reason. It makes you really not want COVID at all. <laughs> for freshman students, the semester required a different kind of adjustment. And that's what was clear when I talked with Maggie Borgen, a first-year student at Boston University. You might remember that we talked with Maggie for an episode last year. She started a podcast while she was in high school about student life during COVID that she called Second Semester Seniors. And now she was entering college during COVID. It's definitely can be like a challenging transition too from high school to college. And I know for me, and I think probably similar for a lot of people also being like home 24 seven for like almost two years with your family to going to like completely away from home. Um, it was, it's definitely like, it's a big transition. And I think it definitely like took time. So like, I'm happy with where I've landed and where I'm at the end of the semester, but I think it also definitely like took work to get to that point. Um, just because it was, it was almost like whiplash from going from like being home a lot. And then like, at least starting to have more independence again, like kind of restrictions lifting a little bit more over the summer. Um, But yeah, I think just kind of being patient with yourself to like, whether you've already started college, about to start college, that like, we're in like an unprecedented time, as I like talk about in the trailer of my podcast. And we still are in an unprecedented time. So just like having that patience with yourself to like, take care of yourself. If you need a mental health day, take that mental health day. And just like, make sure you're prioritizing your well being. Because like, it's important to do well in college, but first you have to take care of yourself to be able to do well. I was going to say, what is that work? Is that what you mean by the work of adjusting when you first were? Yeah, I just, yeah, I think that it's just like, yeah, I, I like having my same patterns. So it definitely took a little bit to figure out like what my patterns were here. I definitely got homesick because like I'm really close with my family. So I think it's just kind of like some of those steps in terms of like, that any college student has of like transitioning their high school life to their college life um, that for anyone who's like going through that transition. Maggie also noted that following COVID protocols, that's a routine part of campus life these days. I mean, BU is very strict about like masks and stuff. So like, I mean, people get mask violations if they like have their mask down sometimes. So um, it's, it's definitely very strict. I would say overall, what do you get for a mask violation? What's the penalty? Um, I've heard that you get an email from someone from the resident life and then you have to go meet with them and have like witness statements or something. Um, I've like heard stuff. I've never experienced it, so I don't know for sure what happens. Um, but that's kind of the talks of what I've heard. So there's Um, a sense that this is for real. You got to keep that mask on. Yeah. The rules, you got to follow the rules. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very serious. Like they are very, like there was, I mean, yeah, there was 
they are very strict about it, except like when you're at the dining hall, everyone has their masks off and everyone's eating. Um, so it's kind of funny cause like they're strict everywhere. I mean, obviously you have to take your mask off to eat, but there is sometimes a little irony that it's like, everyone's taking their mask off and it's like hanging out in the cafeteria or like in the dining hall with the same people that they would technically be taking their mask off in when they go to a different room. And yeah, anyone who's gone to a restaurant lately has probably had a similar thought. You have to take your mask off to eat, which is a weak link in the, in the COVID protection for sure. After the break, how Zoom remains a part of campus life, even when things are mostly in person. Stay with us. Every teacher and parent has been there before. A student with great potential just failed to turn in their big assignment. Now, doing well this semester just became a lot harder. If only you had the time a few days ago to check in and remind them what was coming due. That's where Boost helps thousands of students keep up and succeed. Boost is an outcomes-driven notification app. Boost gives students due date reminders, personalized nudges, and positive feedback straight to their phones. Backed by peer-reviewed and published research, Boost is proven to help students earn higher grades and pass more classes, all while saving teachers and parents time. Boost sends students intelligent reminders about assignments that are upcoming but not yet turned in. And Boost is already used by students in middle schools, high schools, colleges, and grad schools to succeed every day. Boost is completely free for schools to activate and free for students and parents to download and use in the Apple or Android app stores. Visit www.boost.education to make sure your students never miss an assignment again. Now back to the episode. So Maggie Borgen is a film major. And one thing that she's been particularly excited about this year is getting to do in-person student activities that just weren't possible for her in her last year of high school, which was almost all online. Um, at BU, I'm on uh, Bay State, which is their uh, BU TV soap opera. Um, it's the longest running college soap opera in the country. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and so I was like acting, doing my scenes for that. What character do you play? Um, I play Dylan and she works for like the the school newspaper on the TV show. And yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's an ensemble cast, so it's that's been like one of the highlights of my semester. Has been acting and doing that. And you don't have to wear a mask when you're filming that in a studio. Yeah, so basically we have to wear masks when we're like in the studio and rehearsing, and then when we film, we get to take the masks off. But they're like very safe. Everyone's wearing masks until you're actually filming your scene. Can you humor us and just describe um, what a scene, your favorite scene as Dylan? in this um, like paint the picture for us because I just think it's it's exciting to picture you being able to get back to your thing you know yeah oh that's I think that one of my I don't have that many lines in the scene but my favorite scene that we did is that we have um the ensemble scenes are always the most fun because we're like laughing we're hanging out um and so like the two ensemble scenes are definitely my favorite. We have one that's set in like a fraternity house. And so then, um, and then there's like a big reveal that I won't say, but there's like a big reveal um, in the scene. And so that was a lot of fun to film because we're trying not to like laugh with the takes because we're just all having fun, really getting into it. Um, They're like, okay, who's going to be doing the big gasp for this scene? So it was like just a lot of fun being around everyone. Totally. And now in general, student activities, is everything back in person at least? 
Yeah. So it's interesting because it's kind of like a bit of like almost a flexible semester. The good thing is like we're pretty much all vaccinated. And then BU just mandated that if you're eligible, you have to get the booster shot for next semester as well. Um, so BU is really doing a lot to try to keep us safe. Um, but then for clubs, like a lot of them are still like in person, you're masked inside, but then sometimes they'll also have like zoom options. So like you can choose to zoom in or you can choose to do it in person. So I see that a lot. Like there's some meetings where I have like the mixed student union, for example, that I'm a part of. And like, I went in person for a few meetings for that. And then the last meeting of the semester was on zoom. So there's a lot of clubs that are kind of doing like kind of a hybrid for like what makes sense because realizing like it's some what beneficial at times to have zoom just for like being able to do that I know for me like there's clubs that like I might be interested in but I live on east campus and west campus is very far and like if I'm gonna go all the way over like it's like a 20 minute walk or so or I have to take the tea and I'm like that's a hike so sometimes zoom is nice um I think especially on BU's campus where people are really busy I mean most people are busy on college campuses but at BU like everyone's doing a lot and it's a long campus so it can take a while to get across so there's definitely benefits to having like the zoom option sometimes but it's, it's interesting because every a lot of things are very much they're, they're more in person than they were in past semesters but BU was also still open a bit during COVID like people were still staying here so it's just a very different experience but it's it's interesting hearing from like sophomores from the upperclassmen about how different this semester feels than past semesters but then like people are still saying like oh this is such a weird semester so it's weird because it's like an in-between of like this is better than what was before but still doesn't feel like normal but for me I'm just like oh well this is what college is so it's like hard to say how much better or worse but I will say it definitely seems better than how it was in past years for sure for during COVID. What was it like to be back in a physical classroom after so much online study? That was a big change for students that I talked with, including for Wyatt Didway, a sophomore at Oregon State University at Cascades. It was really interesting to finally see classmates again, you know. It's, last term it was just a, it felt like you had really small classes because everyone was on a Zoom call and they had their voice and camera off and you just kind of wait around and listen to the teacher. But this year it's definitely like, oh, there's active people here that, you know, are there once the class ends and come in trickling as the class begins. So, you know, I remember my bio class is my first class I had that of this term. I just came in, sat down, and I remember, like, I haven't woken up and gone to a classroom for maybe two, three years now. But now that I've gotten the opportunity to do it, it's it's kind of something I missed because I... I loved Zoom calling. It was convenient, but God, it felt great to finally be in a situation where there's people again. And I, it was great. It was a great matter. And I feel like we got a lot more benefit from having it than we would on a normal Zoom call. However, you know, there's definitely benefits to it. But I remember just the situation of feeling that we were finally back to this normal school environment and we've kind of taken a step away from the you know online education which may or may not be this new discovery or maybe it's been a cripple to the last two years but we'll see but 
yeah, just stepping into that first class again, it felt like I was finally real. I was finally able to appreciate being in a classroom. Wyatt was part of a class project his freshman year, where he and other students wrote journal entries about what life was like during the first full academic year during COVID. And that class ended up publishing highlights of those journal entries in a book called There Is No College in COVID, Selections from the Oregon State University Cascades Student Journaling Project. That book is now available online. Of course, now that students are back in person, they're often seeing classmates for the first time. And that makes for some unusual moments, according to Amreen Imam a master's student at the University of Houston's downtown campus. So one of the other really funny things about going back to campus after being uh, pretty much an online school uh, during this pandemic thus far was trying to put a face to the voices that I had been hearing uh, over the course of the last two or three semesters. Everyone would log on to Zoom, but no one would have their cameras on. So you would just hear their voice and not know what they look like. Because a lot of folks also didn't have like photos um, on their Zoom profile. And I thought that was so funny. I remember my very first class of going to, um, of going to campus, we had to uh, like gather around the classroom before our professor came in and unlocked the door. And I remember just trying to listen and hear people say hi and hello to try to figure out who was who. And um, for one of our exams for a different class, I remember texting members in my group what color shirt I was wearing so that they would be able to tell who I was. And they let me know the same so I could tell who they were. Because again, I'd never seen them before. So yeah, that was that was another thing that was really, really funny. And something that, you know, could only be brought about by what we've been going through uh, during the pandemic. For Unream, the logistics of having to go back in person have been the hardest part to adjust to. After all, she set up her schedule and her life assuming courses would be online, which they were for so long because of the pandemic. Houston traffic is like the, was the main struggle for me getting to campus. There would be, there would be um, sometimes a train stopped on the tracks that's causing a bunch of traffic to even get to the parking garage that I needed to get to. Um, There would be accidents in various areas that was kind of again, blocking the areas that I needed to get to to park on campus. The shift back to in-person class is also a concern for Marjorie Blen, a student at San Francisco State University. Some listeners might remember Marjorie from a podcast series we did a couple years ago called Pandemic Campus Diaries. She was one of the students we followed for a whole semester at the height of COVID. She has gotten used to doing all of her college online. But starting this spring, most of the university is going back in person. And she says if she had to put the mood for her right now into one word, it would be uncertainty. There's so much uncertainty. You know, post-pandemic, that's what it is. The uncertainty of what the new quote-unquote reality will be like, which going in person. I have anxiety of going in person 
I want to stay online, but then I'm soon burned out. So when I talk, when I want to advocate for myself, I don't know what to advocate for. Does that make sense? You are nervous about going back in person. What is the biggest concern you have about going back? Actually, if you do next semester, if the, if they're requiring you to go back, I believe that the biggest concern is I just don't know what to expect. Right? Um, we go from one month having indoor masking to not having indoor masking to having indoor masking. Right? Like the uncertainty of everything. It's just too much. Like, and then are we going to wear the mask the entire time? Are we going to be able to do some stuff online? You know, when we go to the library, are we going to be able to be closed? You know, like, it's just, I don't know. I, I just can't, I don't have, since I haven't set foot in spot, I can't picture it. Complicating matters for Marjorie is that she does not want to get vaccinated, which is something the university is mandating for in-person study. It's unbelievable. Like, you're for, like, you know, I already had a problem in San Francisco forcing me to take the vaccine. It's not more that I didn't want to take the vaccine. It's more that they're forcing it, you know, like instead of. So anyways. So what now? I did most of these interviews a few weeks ago, right before I went off for the holidays. And since then, the highly contagious Omicron variant has become dominant. And that's raising even more uncertainty about what college will feel like in 2022. A growing number of campuses are saying they now plan to shift back to online teaching in the spring. And of course, for campuses that do stick to in-person, there are renewed questions about whether that can be done safely. That was already a concern for Wyatt Didway of Oregon State University as he finished up last semester a couple weeks ago. After all, his campus has seen outbreaks in the past. There's a big worry that if we actually do contract COVID like we did last year, we, uh, we're going to be in some, you know, it's going to be a hard situation because right now our, our campus feels fuller than it's ever been. Like now we're like from bottom to ceiling, we're just, all rooms are full. We have roommates now. And last year is about two or three terms in and we contract COVID. It just spread like hotcakes and we had to quarantine an entire floor for it. But you know, I've met with some, I don't live on dorms anymore, but I definitely hang out with some people on dorms. And a lot of them are really scared that if we do get COVID, they don't really have anywhere to go. You know, a lot of people have cascades right now. They live elsewhere. They live states and miles, miles away. And they, you know, it's, it's crazy because if we do contract COVID, it's going to be a matter of you know, I've heard people that are just like, well, I have to go home. I can't take online classes. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. But right now, it definitely is a situation of people are very scared that it's going to happen. And last year when it did happen, we definitely had the wiggle room to work around it. But this year, we might not so much have that. This has been the Ed Surge podcast. Every week, we bring you stories like this one. If you like the show, please make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for the Ed Surge podcast newsletter to get bonus information related to every episode. Just go to edsurge.com and click on the word newsletter at the top right. This episode was written and produced by me, Jeff Young. Music this episode by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more on the future of learning. Thanks for listening.